You are now listening to the Demo Table Podcast. jury unanimously find the defendant, Amber Geiger, guilty of murder as charged in the indictment. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Demote Podcast. Uh, this is the perfect accident part two. I didn't even know there was going to be uh, two parts to this when the first, uh, when the case first happened or the case started to develop as far as getting to, towards the verdict and stuff. I just recorded something and then I was going to put it out, just me and my boy Ard. And then now it's tra- it's turned into this. So two episodes dedicated to the same topic, uh, the Amber Geiger trial. I said that I don't think there would be a murder conviction, and I was proven wrong. My boy Art, who is with me now, what's going on, Art? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You said that you had faith that there would be a murder conviction. So here we are. Yeah. You know. Yeah, man. I felt like. I felt like it was a, a pretty clear cut case of cold blooded murder. So, yeah, uh, if she got off of that, then yeah, man, yeah, something scandalous was going on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yes, I do understand what you mean. And so, but but but, so people, there were people like me. I'm going to admit, I don't think I don't know if you have a Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, but if you do have a Twitter, follow me at DMC for President. But uh, I tweeted out when I saw when I heard the verdict. Because I was listening to the verdict live. It was streaming live on YouTube. So I was like, I was excited. I thought we had justice. And that's exactly what I said, actually. I was like, oh, this is justice. And then I had to realize, like, I needed to rein myself in a little bit. Because it's not justice. Not just, not yet. So we had the, okay. sen- so we had the sentencing still to come. And that's what I realized. So now, uh, basically what I'm trying to say is, we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> because the sentencing... Yeah. Was a whole nother story from the from the triumph of the verdict. The sentencing, you know, took us down a whole another winding road. But we'll get to that. Me and Art, we got a lot to say okay. about that. Art, I'm sure you got a lot to say about that. I do. No. Yeah. So you know we're gonna chop it up about that. But before we get into that, I want to remind everybody that you can subscribe to the Demo Tape Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to rate and review the show on iTunes. Leave me a five star review. But if you don't feel so inclined to remember, it's not hating if you tell the truth. And if you want to, you can, there's a, the demo tape voicemail line. That number is 850-270-8269. You can drop your thoughts or comments on any of the topics covered during the show. And even those that aren't at that number, remember that number is 850-270-8269. I want to hear from you. You know, I want to engage you guys more, the, the listeners to the podcast. I see there's a few of you, so I want to make sure that I'm getting to know you better and things of that nature. And with that, we're off. So the first topic we're going to cover tonight on the Demote podcast is the uh, just some news regarding the 2020 election. Because so, you know, that's coming up and uh, that's going to be a very polarizing event, to say the least, because the Democrats have tried to impeach Trump. They've been trying to slander his name, throw mud the whole time that he's been in office. 
Uh, they talk bad about the people that vote for him. They've gone as far as to call him a racist. Uh, a lot of his base, I would say, probably would be racist. I, even though I don't, I'm not agreeing with that. Just to agree with the Democrats, but a lot of his base would be racist. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Uh, I would agree. So, is this gonna get ugly, man? Because it seems like a lot of the Democrats are willing to go there with him this time. They learn from past Democrats who kind of tried to take the political high road in 2016. Hillary Clinton tried to do that, stay above the fray. Because it kind of backfired when she called him deplorables. You remember that? When she said that Donald Trump supporters are a big bag of deplorables. That kind of backfired on her. But I don't think they're going to back down. But what that, oh, what that, what that all is leading me to is uh, I was reading a report from Axios this morning. And it said that the Republican National Committee has raised $125 million towards uh, Donald Trump's campaign. Just in the third quarter of this year alone. That's topping the previous... Uh, fundraising record. It's a new fundraising record topping the previous record held by President Obama when he raised uh, 70 million in a quarter in 2011. Yeah. And that's the thing. I kind of want to touch on this to open the show because, yo, man, I don't understand. I I don't know why people think that the Donald Trump presidency campaign, like all that stuff is like out of the norm or like it's dying of support. He's fringe. Like what is fringe about Donald Trump? Like help me understand that. Like, why is everybody trying to get us to think that Donald Trump is fringe, bro? And like, and and like, he can't and won't win again. More likely, he's going to win again. The incumbent normally wins. Uh, I feel like people people take Trump for an idiot, yeah. uh, and the, the joke's really on them saying that the man is fringe because, uh, as you can see, his supporters raised one hundred twenty five million dollars for him. And, I mean, really, it looks like uh, we'll be getting a second term from Trump. Yeah, which uh, I thought we should always have expected it anyway. We should have already expected yeah. that anyway. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, some of the others, what they raised this quarter, as reported by Axios, Bernie Sanders, for all my Bernie bros, he raised $25.3 million. Uh, Mayor Buttigieg, I don't even know how this guy, I, he's still campaigning, though. He's got He's raised $19.1 million. He's still trying. Similar Kamala Harris, what is $11.6 million and... Senator Corey, I'm going to build a room in the White House to root out white supremacy, Booker. Uh, six million. <laughs> yeah, that dude, man. When, he's, when he said that during the during the campaign, I was bugged. I was like, you're going to you're going to put a room in the White House to root out white supremacy. The irony of that. Just the irony. Just sit back and imagine that. Like, come on, man. Corey, the idea of that. Like, what are you? What are you? What does that even mean? Like, is that uh, uh, is that some type of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he was trying. You know I guess I mean? like, well, well, the subject they were trying to—they were talking about rooting out racism uh, because they said that's the number one issue for black voters. Which I'm like, man, who's who are they? Who young black voters? I should say. Uh, and they said that's the number one issue for young black voters. And I'm like, dang, okay, well, you know, somebody needs to educate the youth. Like, nah, it ain't so much racism that you need to be uh, worried about because racism isn't tangible. Like, you can't. I said this on my one of my last episodes of the of the Demo Tape podcast, but I said this: um, you can't you can't talk talk to white people about racism because it's not something that they understand. Like they created it, they exercise it, but they don't understand it. So to exactly. tell a white pe- to tell white people like, oh, one of our biggest issues in, when it comes to voting is racism. We understand what we mean when we say that. What we mean is the sy- the systems, the institutionalized racism. 
we understand what we mean, but they don't get it. They're like, racism? What are you talking about? Like, the jail system works fine. The education system works fine. Everything works fine. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, oh. Yeah, exactly. For you, but we have to find a new way of articulating. We got to go past. Racism is abstract, man. They, they, you can't grab racism. You know what I'm saying? You can yeah. visually measure yeah. education. So we need to stop saying racism is our number one issue because then they'll continue to come up with, like you said, hyper hyperbolic ass shit like, I'm going to build a room in the White House and root out white supremacy. Like, no, you're not, dude. Come on. Yeah. Uh, progressing on in the show, though, moving on to sports topics. The big thing in the news uh, for sports this week that I wanted to touch on, especially since you live out in California, that's where you're calling in from, uh, was the Governor Gavin Newsom of California signed into law Senate Bill 206, a new bill allowing collegiate athletes to be compensated for their names and likeness. And I say to that, well done, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, <laughs> like it's been, it's yeah, been, man, it's about time. Exactly. It's, it's, it's about time. Um, there was some opposition to it. There's going to be opposition to it, right? Because you allow on brothers to touch money, you know, and it, but, but before I get to that though, I want to say this comes at a beautiful time in an era of social media uh, and Twitter and all that stuff where you could brand yourself like this is never better for them, man. Uh, if they're and that's and that's the thing that I've always had with the NCAA is like, come on, bro, like you can't get all the money. You know what I'm saying? That's like, yeah, like, man, they've been getting all the money for decades, dude, yeah, decades. And if you you know if you want, and I I did a previous episode called for free. Uh, while I was talking about Zion Williamson, because a lot of people were saying, "Oh, was well, Zion Williamson being exploited by the NCAA?" And I'll say he is to a certain degree. He is like if you actually matter of fact, he is he is. But my main argument was that we're all being exploited. You know what I'm saying? Like LeBron James, even though he's getting paid 50 million, is still being exploited. So the point I was trying to make was I don't know how well it went over, but the point I was trying to make was that Zion has something that money can't buy for him, and he's excelling at it. And I was basically trying to say like he had an opportunity. You know what I mean? To get and and, and, I, and I made the point that you know he was in the he was in the national championship. I mean, he's in the NCAA tournament. I was saying like these are the last games of free basketball Zion's gonna play. You feel me? Because yeah. he maxed out. He maxed out to the point where they can't get no more free basketball out of him. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like he he's become he's that good. That his talents are that perennial. Exactly. So where that like, I feel people that he was being extorted. I get that. I mean, I extorted. Uh, uh, man. I forgot the word, dog. I'm tripping right now. Exploited. I said extorted. Exploited. That's what I was. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. He's being. He was being exploited. But I feel like we're all being exploited. This is capitalism by nature. Capitalism is exploitive. So, you know, all we can ask is for people to kick back some of that wealth that is being uh, earned. You know what I'm saying? So like Zion's out there earning money for Duke. Duke is his brand of itself, but. The basket, the Duke basketball brand was built up off of you know players, not Duke. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people that wear Duke jerseys and hats and stuff probably aren't ever going to attend Duke. Like you know what I'm saying? Right. Majority of the people that are Duke basketball fans have probably not not right. not going to be anywhere close to up in the Duke. So, you know, the point I was trying to make was you know. Yes, they're getting exploited, but there comes a time where in the game where you can't get exploited no more. And Zion reached that point. But good on these brothers. Uh, there was opposition to the bill, though. Uh, some of the oh, state university yeah. schools. Yeah. 
Yeah, Cal, yeah. Stanford, and USC all opposed it because they said that it's going to increase costs to ensure compli- compliance with the NCAA. They're going to have to increase costs, which I don't know not yet what oh, well. that means. And they said it could fear oh, well. it, they fear it could lead to fines and expulsions. I guess of the student athletes. So I, I don't. There's more to come on that because it's, it just happened. But I just wanted to get a round of applause because man, them dudes should have been getting paid. And hopefully now the NCAA football game could come back because I love that joint. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. Anything you want to add, I, man? I don't see how I don't see how it could lead to. I mean, fines or expulsions. Uh, I mean, these guys are students. They can get expelled for anything they do on the field now without getting paid. You know. Yeah. So, that's true. That's true. So, yeah. They they just were opposing it because they don't want them to get no money, man. They don't want them to get no exactly. money. They don't want them to get none of that video game money. because And also because if enough states do this, which they're going to have to, right? You would imagine. They're going to have to, right? I would think they follow suit, yeah. Because. Yeah. Yeah, because all the good recruits are going to be like, well, why play for free at Alabama when I can... Go to USC and get paid. You know what I'm saying? For what I do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's common sense. I mean, obviously, everybody can't go to USC, but the point I'm trying to make is those with the opportunity to go to USC is going to be looking real good. It's in California. You know what I'm saying? It's women. It's all this stuff. Plus, you're getting paid now. You can get paid off your likeness. So if you go there and show out the number two USC jerseys, you can sign them and get 10,000 a jersey or however much they give them. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Cal- oh, capitalism is a, is a great thing when it's equal, ain't it? Yeah. When the, <laughs> the tables have turned. Yeah. They have. Yeah, man. That's crazy. Yeah. So good on that, brother, man. He said he wanted he said he wanted to do it because uh he wanted to do something about the racial, gender, and income inequality gap. And I said, you know what, dog? If that's really what you felt, man, you wanted a good politician, which I don't believe that's why he did it. But if that's really the reason why he did it, I'll give him. I'll give it up to that dude. You know what I'm saying? I don't believe him, but you get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I feel you. I just feel like shit at this point. Maybe that's irrelevant. Yeah, it is irrelevant. And it's gonna benefit brothers. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. No doubt. It's gonna benefit brothers, man. They need to go a step further, though. You know what they need to do? <laughs> yeah, they need to go ahead and just hey, we gonna break these brothers off when they come to school. <laughs> Seriously, man. Like if you want to go to USC. Yeah. USC wants you to, yo USC what we talk about okay he may not be a uh, a top level pro you know but he's you know what they do in Europe you know what they do in Europe they let them turn pro at 16 in sports and they earn their way you go play in the lower league you work on your skills we see you like oh dang oh my bad we see you like dang or Art over there in, 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 in the Netherlands balling hey Art come over to Man U and play for 50 million a season you know what I'm saying? It's capitalism, dog. It's like it's like you work your way up, and you're, like you were saying earlier about Zion, your skills. And there comes a point where your skills command a higher price. The market is gonna say yeah. like, "Yo, that dude." So I think they should let that happen for the for the high school football players. I think, dog. I think at 16, the way that football is in America, I think at 16 you should be able to be like, "Yo, I want to go pro," and there should be pro academies or pro whatever you could call it. maybe the University of Georgia. Becomes, you know what I'm saying? Their football program kind of separates itself from the school. I don't know how this all could happen. This is just an idea. And the, like the University of Florida, was, its football program will become, you know, maybe it's still affiliated, branded to the University of Georgia, but somehow they could figure it out. They white. They created it so they could figure out how to adjust it. And the point is. Yeah, or, or ratify. They could do what they want. Exactly. The point is, if you go to an LSU or a Georgia or a USC, they would have, they would have a, a payroll and pay you. 
Yeah, you play. You'd be at the school. You know what I'm saying? And but you wouldn't be a part of the school. You would just be on the football team. Because that's basically what you're doing right. now, anyway. <laughs> right. And well, I guess some you. Well, not really, because you know those guys are coming on with full scholarships. Man, they are part of the school. Man, yeah, I feel. You, but come on, man, keep it real. Them dudes are studying. Not really. Not really. Most of them is not, not taking really. real hard. Make. Right. Yeah, I'm not trying to knock them. I'm just saying. Like most of them is not taking because right. they're trying to go pro. If you're really trying to go pro. You not you don't have time. You got you got to be trying to study as much film as you can study because you know they got rules and parameters on those guys. Dude, they can only practice so many times a week. They can only be with the coaches so many times a week. You see what I'm saying? To keep them as amateurs, even though we know they're really right. not amateurs. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. So they have to they have to keep them yeah, as amateurs. Yeah. yeah so if you if you in college and you really have a legit shot at going pro, you're probably focusing on that. No, dis- you know what I'm saying. And there are some people that probably could double juggle, but you know, good for them. But that ain't everybody. But you know, yeah, shit. I would say it's not most. Yeah, a lot of these guys coming in. At, I mean, shit. Antonio Brown is <laughs> a great example, man. The dude is uh, uh, not articulate at all. Not very smart. Not very bright either. Yeah, I mean, so, and you know, listen, a lot man, of these athletes aren't uh, either. Listen, man. Let's let, well, let's talk about that for a second. Uh, artic inarticulate athletes. I'll say this, man. Um, there's a lot of ways to be smart. I'm not saying everybody's not read a book. You know, have a large vocabulary smart. Because when you, and I'm not trying to say that you were trying to do anything negative or say anything negative. I'm just saying the idea of them not being smart. It's just like, no, they're not studying books. They're studying their playbook, so to speak. And a lot of that fo- those football concepts that they have to do, that, that takes a high level of intellectual prowess to be able to play professional football. You have to be smart. And I just think that, you know, we can't blame them for not being you know, scholars. That yeah. would be nice for you to be a great pro athlete and be a scholar. That would be the perfect combination. But the, the the reality is that's not what it is. But they are smart people, I think. And then I think, yeah, they are. Because, man, especially like a defensive player and offensive players, you have to read what players do. If they don't do this, you do that. If he bl- doesn't blitz the A-gap, you blitz the A-gap. If if they stunt past this off, like, no, they really got to know. Like they gotta, they gotta do calculus. They gotta do a form of calculus in order to be good football players. So they're not dumb. They're just not book learned, and they get thrust into, they get thrust into a lot of spotlight sometimes, and have to speak on issues that they're not well equipped for. Like they did that to Cam Newton a couple years ago. They had this man talking about race, and it wasn't good. Cam was just like, you know, oh man, he was fumbling over his words, saying stuff. Why is it about one eighth, one one eighth of one inch of skin? And all this, like Cam, come on, bro. Like just. Keep rushing touchdowns, dog. Keep rocking your gear. Keep Man, supermaning. Real. No, and I'm not, I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying, like, just do you. Like, do what you do and let the other people that can articulately argue these points, let them do that. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't do both, bro. You're not equipped right. with those skills. And instead of always getting mad at them for that, just understand, like, oh, all right, cool. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Well, with that being said, I retract my statement. <laughs> no, 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 but it's but, but, no, but what you're saying is is a fact though, because they aren't art, a lot of them aren't articulate. They can't really, you know, put the verbalize their thoughts in you know ways that you even want to hear, or sometimes ways that's even like remember when Ray Lewis was going through all that stuff with the kneeling and stuff, and some of the stuff Ray Lewis be saying, you're like, yo, what the hell is he talking about? Like, what is he talking about? He's just like, yo, Jesus yeah, said, like- part the lands and. I said, thou art be mine. Lord, you are delivered. Like, yo, man, what the hell are you talking about, man? What exactly. are you talking about? Dude was just, dude was just rambling. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the whole get on both knees for Jesus. Trigger. Right. Yeah, he was cooning. <laughs> and speaking of cooning, dog, yeah, man, hey, he was, man, he was cooning. That whole Kaepernick, yo, man, hey, let's digress again before we move on. That whole Kaepernick thing, uh, the whole Kaepernick kneeling fiasco, that exposed a lot of football players as coons, bro. A lot of people, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like, Rodney Harrison was like, is this guy even black? Like, what does it matter? Yo, he's that. Yo, what? You're really questioning his the authentic. His the, the his black his authenticity as a black man after he's saying like I'm standing up for against police brutality oppression like you really like yo are you even black <laughs> yeah like I saw brothers go to levels I yeah, never yeah. thought yeah man the cooning is real in yeah, America yeah yeah and like they tell him to cut his hair off he's trying to like oh man reform and he's trying to reform the dude repackage him as something he's not my thing is this I talked to my dad about that and I want to know what you think. I talked to my dad about that. I told my dad, I said, Dad, we got to give Michael Vick a pass. And he said, why? I said, because, man, that ain't Michael Vick really talking. Like, that's Michael Vick talking, but that ain't Michael Vick, man. I was like, this dude is buck broke. The Fed, the Fed's <laughs> white supremacy. No, nah, seriously. White, suprem- white supremacy buck broke Michael Vick because he was riding high. He had braids. You know what I'm saying? He was dog fighting. He had a $100 million contract, driving Lamborghini, King of Atlanta, rap videos, and he called that federal state. He lost it all. Now his brother coming back talking about he should cut his hair. And he forgave Riley Cooper for saying that he'll fight every nigga at the, at the uh, Kenny Chesney concert, I think. I don't know who, with Garth Brooks, one of them. Like, he's doing buck broke stuff. But we have, to, we have to understand why. And that's because, you know, he, you know, you know, he got... He got broken. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, yeah, like he lost a hundred million. He lost a hundred million dollars. You know what I'm saying? He was all the white people in the whole country hated him because he killed dogs. Like, it just changed his whole perspective on everything. So I feel like we just got to stall Michael Vick out. Like, Michael Vick can still come around, but when he starts talking, he be say something like that. Like, hey, brother, I think we should forgive. Yeah, we just got to look at Michael Vick know. and be like, yo, shut up, bro. Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick held his nuts, man. Michael Vick folded. I mean, that that shit just says a lot. Michael Vick went to the feds. Colin Kaepernick didn't go to the feds. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah. He hold your nuts. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing was illegal too. Do you he think he knew it was a? You can't fold when shit. You can't fold when shit goes sour. Do you think he knew that <laughs> it was a federal? Chip, bro. Do you think he uh, knew that it was a federal crime? Ah, uh, okay, no. Okay, I will say that. No, I don't think so. I don't think most shit. I didn't know, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> well, what made it federal is that he was crossing state lines with it. That was it. That's what makes anything a federal crime, honestly, versus a state crime, is if you cross state lines with it. Or if you do it at a federal building or something like that. But you get it. But it was still a crime. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, it's a crime, I guess. It's a crime. <sighs> I, I guess, bro. But it's not I a crime. I can't. I can't let Listen, that slide. I broke this down, man. I broke this down in my day. Maybe I want to hear what you think about this. I said, so it's a crime to fight a dog, right? And people were on board with that. I said, but it ain't crime to take like a black kid from the inner city and make him tap into like his worst primal instinct to fight people and beat people up to make money for you, a rich white man, Mike Tyson. That's exactly Mike Tyson's situation. Like I, but it's not illegal to do that to manipulate him. To do that, but it's but it's bad to take a dog, an animal, and train it to fight. Though, like we all have a moral compass about that. We don't have a moral compass about nothing else. I have an issue with that. Listen, man, I love dogs. I have a dog, but fuck a dog. 
And that's how I feel for real. Like really, oh, man. yeah, man. Okay. Like like not enough, not a, not enough to put a man in jail for two years. Like really, really, really. Like we're gonna put a man in two years behind behind some dogs. Like really. Like I love dogs, but at the end of the day, that's that's his animals, man. Those are his animals. And yo, the difference. Hold on, hold on. The difference between Mike Vick and Mike Tyson was Mike Tyson was in like a. Uh, what was he in, man? I, it wasn't a penitentiary. It's like a, well, it's like a penitentiary for uh, for teenagers. Okay. And I believe either his mother, uh, his mother may have passed, but his sister was still alive. One of the two gave verbal and written permission for this man to go adopt Mike and train him to fight. You know what I'm saying? So, but Mike Tyson used to always be. He said he used to be scared before he was fighting and all that stuff. And just because he was good at it and he's a human yeah, being, to me. I'm saying this, dog. Like, humans fight for money and get bloodied up and die. You know what I mean? And nobody is like they don't. Yeah. Box, me and you talk about this all the time in box. Like, boxing doesn't have a governing body. Like these dudes, these dudes okay. get give up their brains and all that stuff, and 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 they be dying broke. But when you fight, you got somebody who fights dogs that he's breeding, he's paying for, he's feeding, he's housing. Yeah, he may be brutalized. But I'm not. You know what I'm saying? But I don't really care. I'm being, I know that sounds bad. I don't care. Like, it's a dog. Like, people shoot right. deer. People shoot turkeys. People shoot raccoons and wear right. them. Like, now all of a sudden, we got all this damn sympathy for a damn dog. For dogs? Like, enough to lock a man up for two years? Like, I love dogs. Right. Like I said, I, I would never do that to my dogs. But I just, you know, it's all right, man. It's not, I mean, you know. <laughs> I didn't expect to get off on that, but I'm happy we did, though. Nah, and I, I understand where you're coming from. Like, I see where you're going with it. Yeah, I like, mean, this but is at the end of the day, day this, nigga, this nigga knew it was a crime, is what I'm saying. Nah, he, well, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. All the, all the morality in it, I'm not even talking about that shit. Like, this is a, a fucking crime, dog. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and now, you know, you're riding high, you're making legal money. Why the fuck are you doing this illegal shit? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, it's gotta yeah. set itself up. Nah, I feel you. Yeah, you're right. You know, he's still delving into doing dumb stuff. Nah, I feel you. I mean, at the end of the day, I get it because it's like he wasn't supposed to do it. But me, for me personally, like, I'm just like, I don't I don't see what the outrage is here. As, and I'm a dog owner. So I'm like, I and, I've, and I'm probably going to always have a dog for the rest of my life. So it's like, I love dogs. I would never do what Michael Vick did. But, you know, I would never do a lot of things that a lot of people do. I would never enslave people and rape them and tell them that they ain't been nothing their whole lives and. You know what I'm saying? I would never do a lot of Man. stuff that people do. <laughs> Man, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of stuff that I wouldn't do, but, you know, just because I wouldn't do that doesn't give me the right to judge. But the whole point we're trying to make, though, I believe what Michael Vick is, we should stall him out, bro. Like, Michael Vick, to me, could still come through, and when he start talking, though, we just be like, yo, Mike, shut up, bro. And he'd be like, man, you know you telling me to shut up, man, because, man, you was in the feds, dog. Like, you different. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying he's for real he's the cleaned up homie now like you gotta I love Michael Vick too for what he did to the game for the game as a little kid or a teenager watching the Falcons I mean I can't you know I can't divorce myself 100% from Michael Vick but I will stall him out cause you're right he is on some some Coon 101 type stuff dog. and I'm gonna explain to y'all what Coon 101 is later on in the show but uh Mike Tyson is, I mean not Mike Tyson Michael Vick is on some Coon stuff now like yeah he told Cap to cut his head, cut, cut your head, man. I was like, yo, no, no, Mike, no, we can't be on, we can't be on that. But we the feds not be on that. But the feds broke my man. Like we can't put that. We can't. 
we can't go too hard on him, dog, because we know he was in the federal joint. Just in the same way that I feel like anything that we may be able to accuse of, which I don't think there's nothing, anything, but maybe I could be wrong, but accuse Mike, Mike Tyson of, like, cooning. Like, Mike Tyson has been through so much, dog. Like, who cares? Like, who cares? Like, you know what I'm saying? But anyway. Before we get on to the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. Before we move on to uh, the next topic of the show... I would like to remind you that the demo tape is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Remember to drop a review and rate the show on iTunes. Leave me a five-star rating. If you feel so inclined to leave me anything less than that, just tell the truth. Remember, it's not hating if you tell the truth. And there's a demo tape voicemail line that you could call 850-270-8269 to leave any comments questions uh anything you want to say about any of the topics covered here on the show uh if you just want to show love so that number is 850-270-8269 so the amber geiger case are if we go yeah 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 it's uh it's uh it's been finalized today um so since we recorded the last episode a lot of things have have happened right this is part two part one was recorded on sunday right we did part one on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Sunday. Okay, yeah, so sir. on Sunday, we had got we had not got a verdict yet on Sunday. And uh, we were still waiting for that. And you had said that you believe that we would get a guilty conviction. And I believe not. So I would like you to go first. Just to tell... Why did you think... Why did you feel confident? Or did you feel confident at all? Why did you have any faith or belief, I guess is a better question, that there would be a guilty verdict for murder... Uh, of of both and John, Gene. Well, uh, one because her story changed so many times. Uh, her story changed a lot. Uh, that I just don't understand how a person again, man. This is where you live. You don't make the mistake of going to the wrong door, opening the door somehow, going in and realizing who goes into. As a person, if let's say I fuck up and I, I go up a floor and go into my upstairs neighbor's apartment on accident, I'm a I'm a peep the scene and be like, oh shit, this is not my apartment. I'm sorry, let me leave. Not exactly. what the fuck are you doing in my apartment? I'm gonna just try and like come to some type of rational, <laughs> I don't know, understanding of where I'm at before I, I pull out a gun and shoot somebody. This man was on the couch, so that's why I was like, man, I. This is a, a clear-cut case of, like, cold-blooded murder. She probably knew the dude, which I think they're saying that she did. Uh, no, 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 no. She didn't know. She, she didn't know. She didn't know. Well, they, were, they were saying that uh, they were in pictures together. No, no. He has other white women friends. No, nah, not her. They, she didn't know him. They just were neighbors above each other, but she didn't know him at all. Okay. Well, yeah. That's why. So, okay. And so for me, why I was so, I, I was, I probably would say I was convinced that there wouldn't be a guilty verdict for the simple fact that um, she was a cop. She was a white woman, which we'll talk about that. I want to, I want to talk to you about that a little bit later on in the show too. The idea of, excuse me, the idea of her having been a white woman uh, and how that played out in the courtroom and how that affected the case. But I just felt the reason why we we're going to get because we because it was murder and you had to prove that she did it on purpose. So you had to prove that this woman 
went to somebody's house, like a random person, and so it seems, barged in and just killed him. You had to prove that like she meant to do that. And that's why I called this episode the perfect accident because it was the perfect accident, dog. It's like, it's too, it was almost a too perfect of an accident. You see what I'm saying? It would have been better off had she known him or had she, I don't know what I'm trying to say, had she had some familiarity with something, it probably would have been better off for her because it just seemed like, like you said, how did you go from somebody's in my apartment to I'm going to kill them without, like you said, figuring out, number one, if it was actually your apartment because that's the first thing that comes to most people's mind when something's out of the ordinary, like who's been in here or is this even my place? That's the first thing people do. But she didn't do that. And so, but I didn't think that was going to matter because he was black and I felt like um, she was just going to get the extreme benefit of the doubt. But she didn't. Yeah. But she didn't. No. Because, For the verdict. Man, on the verdict. Like, like I said, like I said, her, her story changed so much. And uh, on, on part one, we, we were really focusing on how she uh, made the guy seem like a threat. The dude yeah, was on his yeah. house smoking a joint, eating ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I. That's what I got. <laughs> that's what. That's what they kind of were testifying when I when you watched the court proceedings. Yeah, he was saying that he was like he was smoking a joint, and that's another thing. Like I'm sure as a cop, she didn't smoke weed, so like you didn't notice the weed aroma coming from your house. Like you thought somebody broke into your house and just lit up a joint. And was like yo, I'm chilling, playing a couple of records. Yo, this is all good. Like I don't know. Exactly. Like you said, and and that's why you know I agree with you that the logic was there, but you know sometimes white supremacy is not always very logical. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes, you know, cops get off. They were yeah. like, how did they do that? So we'll talk about a little bit later the difference in between this case and the others. But like with the uh, Trayvon Martin case, like I don't understand how Zimmerman got off at all. Like it just doesn't compute in my mind. Similarly, how this wouldn't have computed in my mind if they didn't get a conviction because it's just like how when it's or like when uh, Daniel Pentaglio, when he choked out Eric Gardner, I thought that was pretty much cut and clear. Like, yo, this is this is easy. Yeah, for real. That was on video. Right? So, right? So, for me, that's why I was so like, nah, this ain't gonna happen because I'm like, yo, it doesn't matter. Like, the cops that beat up down Rodney King got off. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it just doesn't matter what's on tape, what's not on tape, whether he was chilling. I just didn't think it mattered whether he was chilling in his crib eating ice cream or whether he was a criminal. Like, I just didn't think it mattered. But I was proven wrong on the sentencing, on the conviction part. There was five black people on the jury too, so I think that had a long way to go yeah, to getting that, the conviction. That had a lot to do with it. Yeah, that had a lot to do with five five black people. I want to say uh, uh, five or six uh, Hispanic people and uh, one white person. So that that definitely had a lot to so do. So do you think now? See, with the verdict, I personally don't count the Hispanic people as being as objective on these sorts of things as we would think they would be. So how I do you disagree or agree with that? I don't think that we can count them in our corner when it comes to that because we can't even count all black people in our corner when it comes to stuff like that. I, I agree with you, but I, in this instance, I would have to disagree with you because I mean, obviously they all were, they were all in uh concurrent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I mean, I, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, like generally speaking, absolutely not. <laughs> no. Yeah. Because I'm like, yo, we can barely trust black people. Uh, to be on code with us and make sure that we're handling the business right. And what to trust me, we won't get to that later because you haven't heard Botham Gene's brother. Um, um, you haven't heard what he had to say in his uh, impact no. statement. I'm going to play that for you a little bit later, but hold on. Uh, so just to recap um, the actual case itself. So basically, Amber Geiger, she is a former Dallas police department, I mean, the police officer. 
Um, she was coming home from work. She went to the wrong floor and entered the depart the apartment of Botham Jean on September 6th. This was last year, 2018, almost a year ago, a little over a year ago. Um, he was sitting on, like we said, he was sitting on his couch eating ice cream after a day of work. And she shot two bullets into his chest and killed him. Um, her argument was that she thought she was in her apartment. Like that was what her whole defense kind of was built up off of was I genuinely thought this was my apartment. And so you should judge my actions based off of my feelings that this was my apartment. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She was, uh-huh. So yeah. initially, though, she was arrested 72 hours after uh, the initial incident. And then she was released on a $300,000 bond. So um, that's just some, a, little, a little of the context. Another part of context that we talked about, like you said, in part one, that we're talking about now is that her lover... Uh, partner too, Martin Rivera also killed an unarmed black man back in 2007, and he skated. So, and then it was also revealed yesterday too, before the verdict came out. I mean, before the sentencing came out, that her and her partner were exchanging some form of race racially insensitive text. I don't want to go racist. Yep. I don't want to go racist. Me personally, you know, you may not, you may, but I'm not because, you know, she didn't say any anything explicit like nigger or I, I, black people smell bad or nothing like something like that but she did make fun of MLK which is a telltale sign of a white supremacist racist somebody anybody that makes fun of the death of MLK or his name is a racist probably more than likely and she did do that so um and then the weird text where she was saying that she was not racist that was pretty weird too him and her were exchanging texts where they both were like not racist we had we were around black cops earlier today wow damn not racist but damn I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't even understand why you have to say not racist. I mean, if you were around five black cops and something wasn't right, then just speak on it. You feel me? Well, <clears throat> she don't like the fact that she was around five black cops. You know, racism isn't the, the, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of lost what I wanted to say. I, I was, what was <laughs> yeah, nah, I'm I, saying I, she. I was going to make a good one. Yeah, but 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 Damn. the fact that she put that my thing is the fact that she put not racist in the text, like screamed that she was racist. But okay, no, what racist says that they're racist? Exactly. Well, nobody says exactly. Nobody's racist, according to white people. There, none, no white person's ever racist. So racism, you know, isn't real, and you know that's true too. But the fact that she said not racist is like, oh well, okay. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because like you don't have to say not racist if you're not racist. You just say what it is you're going to say. You know what I'm saying? And then exactly. it is what it is, especially exactly. in your private text too. But you know, yeah. the text the text alluded to her feeling some type of way about black people, man. And yeah, and being at the she, MLK, whether day she knows it or not, that she's racist. Yeah, <laughs> and being at the MLK Day Parade too, which is the same shit. Yeah. Yeah, they basically were saying they didn't want to choose saying how long do we have to be at the MLK parade? And then it was like, until uh, Martin Luther King dies. And then she was like, oh, wait. Oh, wait. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the, there was some of that. And they had they had black people testifying on her behalf. They had a former, uh, former drug addict, actually, testifying on her behalf, which I was like, what? And I guess Amber... Uh, he's, still, he's still suffering from the side effects. He's going... That was a woman. And Amber, you, they had her on the stand. And she, she was talking about how Amber oh, was such a good person, how she came to her graduation after she got sober. And I'm like, okay. And then there was another black woman who was a cop. 
that testified on Amber Geiger's behalf as well and was basically saying like, oh, she's she's a good person. So we were happy. I know I was happy. I jumped out there on my Twitter and was talking about justice, which I shouldn't have did that. I was wilding. We were happy about the verdict, right? You were happy about the verdict? Yes. Okay. Until they carried out the sentencing. Until they carried out the sentencing. So let's get to it, dog. This is this is this is where the rubber meets the road. Uh, Tariq Nasheed actually tweeted that out yesterday, and I agree with him. Sentencing is where we know how you really feel about the situation, or how the jury really feels, or how the judge really feels, or how you know we can get a good idea of how people generally feel about the crime is in the sentencing. Some, I mean, we can you can get a good you can glean a good deal about uh, the the uh, what am I trying to say the verdict too, but. Nah, because there's loopholes in the court system to get you out. You could be convicted of something, but still be free, to say the least. All right. So before yeah. the verdict was released, yes. Okay, so the first thing we want to say is just to set it all up, Art. The judge, Tammy Kemp, was endorsed by the Dallas Police Association, which when I found that out, I was like, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. It's already going to be some fuddy-duddy, funny-style stuff, man. Yeah. When, because that's how the game works, huh? We got a we got a sleeper cell a sleeper cell coon bitch. <laughs> uh, Tariq Nasheed, Tariq Nasheed called her Tammy the Mammy. I said, man, this dude. I saw that. Yeah, but I, <laughs> but check it out though. I thought he was bugging because I'm like, man, because he's like Tammy the Mammy. Because okay, so the reason why he called her that right was because she's before, before while the, they were still deliberating the sentence because that's how it that's how it works in Texas. They have they the they you know it's basically like another mini trial. So while they're deliberating the sentence, she basically said that the jury can review the castle doctrine when coming up with their uh, decision, like as far as the verdict. And that's why he called her uh, Tammy the Mammy. And I was like, come on, bro, it's kind of going a little bit too far because, I mean, maybe she's being objective, but then that's kind of me kind of coonsplaining a little bit because the castle doctrine is basically like a self-defense law. For your for you, like if somebody barges in your apartment, you have the right to shoot them and then be like, yo, I didn't know who the hell they were. They just barged in my shit. But that's if you're in your apartment, right? Amber Geiger, Amber right. Geiger wasn't at her apartment. So that's kind of why we thought it was funny style. It was like, yo, the Castle Doctrine, really? 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 They're going to let her off on well, that. Which more? Co- I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm listening. Yeah. So that's what, so that's, that happened before the verdict. She she allowed, but they still came back with the, with the guilty verdict. So that's good. That was good. But, um, Where was I going? Where was I going with this next? So, during the sentencing, though, they came back and they gave her ten years, which was even the even the people covering the case were basically saying they expected her to get twenty based on the scenario and everything like that. They gave her ten years, which they claim they claim because yesterday they were saying that she could bond out uh, if she got if she got ten or less, she could bond out and wait for her case on appeal. Today, they were saying no, that that law that they were referencing has been stricken out in 2017 and that people convicted of, you know, felony murder do not get the opportunity to bond out. So basically, regardless of if her case, she can still appeal it, but regardless of, or actually they said she doesn't even get to appeal. I mean, yeah, she doesn't get to bond out. So she gets to appeal her case, but she can't, she won't be out of jail. That's what they're telling us. Now we'll have to wait and see how that holds, but um, that's what they're telling us as far as that. And so, how do you feel, man? Just about you know the the, the verdict. Just, just I mean the sentencing, well, I, like just the ten years. How do you feel? It's not enough. Obviously, no, for, sure. <laughs> for no, murder, not at right? All because 
this was like I said in part one. Whenever the, these guys listen to part one, if they do, I just feel like it was something sinister behind it. I feel like she targeted dude. You know, again, I go through it again. You don't walk in uh, and recognize furniture is different. Shit is set up different. I saw the pictures of they set up the apartments look completely different. So you don't walk in and see different. You just don't do that. And she shot the man to man one the threat. He's probably looking at her. He's probably high as shit. He's just actually <laughs> looking at her like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Trying to just get ready for the you next know? day at work. Like, what the hell? Exactly. Nah, man. You know, it could have been a number of reasons. She probably didn't like him. She was probably annoyed. She probably had some shit going on. He, she was probably a noisy uh, upstairs neighbor probably made a lot of noise. I don't know. Maybe the weed smoke bothered her. You believe it was something? Uh, it was, though. Something, it was it, something. Yeah, it was. Yeah, man. Yes, yeah, it was something, bro. Because that's murder. She murdered. She walked in and murdered this man on his couch. No, she did. Facts. That's, and she said she intended you know to kill him. You know, too. So that's that. And exactly, she double tapped him. Exactly. Um. So. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Um. Yeah, the sentence for me too was too light. I was hoping for fifteen, so I guess I even was shooting low. Uh yeah, you was low balling. I was hoping for like twenty five, thirty. Well, that's what well, that's what the people covering the case were saying. Like on the live stream on YouTube, they were saying they were expecting about 25, 20, 20, 25. They said they're surprised at the ten. Yeah, and they were saying that they feel yeah. like uh, some of her character witnesses that came, they they helped a little bit. Like the woman that was on crack, it was two black women too. I, that, and that's what irritated me the most about it. Is they found a crackhead and a immigrant, um, Kenyan woman. Oh, they gonna do whatever they gotta do. They yeah, do they found her. They can just like they tried to use that whole uh, whatever. I forgot the name, but you just mentioned it. The, the Castle um, Doctrine. Castle the Doctrine. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, they tried that it. wasn't. She wasn't even in her own shit. Yeah, they tried it. So yeah. Yeah. So they got ten years. Yeah. Everybody and there was there was um, some black sisters. I was watching the live stream. There's some sisters in in. Dallas, they were out. They were upset about it, man. They were speaking their mind. They were screaming. They were like, this is not enough. They were da 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 da. And I felt them, you know. I felt them, you know. And so I, w- I was going to the store and I was riding the whip and I was driving to Publix to get some food. Um, And I was listening to the verdict and I was listening to the impact statements and I heard this. So, Art, uh, this is both of Gene's uh, brother. After the verdict, after the, the sentencing, now they're giving impact statements, just talking to the uh, the convicted, the defendant, about you know how this their loss is going to affect them. So this is both them, Gene's brother. Listen to this. If you truly are sorry, I know. I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask Him, He will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not gonna say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see I I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't gonna ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. 
and the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not going to say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can can I give her a hug, please? That's enough of that. Dog, dog. Man, for real. Man, go ahead, dog. What do you think about that? Because I'm going to tell you what I believe. Like that. Go ahead, bro. Uh, they, well, off of what I read, they they uh, really heavy in the Christian faith, so I get it. I understand, like I understand his reaction, but man, uh, I wouldn't be. I tell you what, <laughs> I wouldn't be with it. I I wouldn't be spouting. I hope you rot and die and this and that or whatever. Yeah, why does it have to be that? As far as as far as uh, you know, saying she shouldn't go to jail and to do all this, give her like. Christ do all of it now. We're a little past all that. Yeah. We're a little past all that. You know what I'm saying? She didn't yeah. had how old is she? In her thirties, she had all these years to give her life to Christ. She don't want to do that. You know? She decided to go up and kill your brother because of some I don't know, some weird odd reason. For no reason, really. So uh that was some um, uh Cooning one on one. That's what that was. That was cooning one on one, bro. That was cooning one on one. Yeah. He gave her a hug. Yeah. He gave her a hug. The judge gave her a Bible and gave her a hug. Are you kidding me? Hell nah. And there was a black bailiff. Is that is that what this called? Bailiff. Yeah, in the jail, right? Yeah, the bailiff. Dog. She when she got convicted, when they told her uh, they told her her sentence, she was rubbing and petting her hair, and I'm like. Yo, dog, Art, yo, man, let me tell you something. I think, I don't know if you heard the story. I'm about to tell the story about white women, their tears and their power, dog. Let me tell you something. I don't know. I, maybe you've heard this story, but I don't think the listeners have heard this story. I'm when I was in the Air Force, my last duty station, I was in Shaw Air Force Base, South Carolina. There was a, there was a sergeant, senior airman. She became staff sergeant while she was there. It was a white woman from upstate New York. That's as far as I go. I'm not going to say no names or anything like that. But she was there and she had a history of saying racially insensitive stuff, not just to black people, but to Asian people, to Mexican people, to just people like other than white people. She would just say racially insensitive stuff and think that it was OK. She had a history of doing this. We had to have like a squadron meeting because she said something racist to the Chinese dude, like told him to come, go back to his country or something crazy. Like she said some crazy racist to him like, yo, and, our, and, and we had a uh, black flight chief. He was from Pensacola. And, you know, he's a black dude. And he was like, look, I don't play that. I come from Pensacola, this and that. He, you know, he gave his whole spiel. But the point was she had a documented history of saying racial remarks. So she became my supervisor. So you already know we were due for a run in. And she said, because uh, she had a black boyfriend, which is why I, ever since. I, yeah, I don't believe in that whole just because you date a black man or a black woman or whatever the case you may be. That means you're not racist. That's bullshit. You could be just as racist and you'd be loving on a black person because it's sex. Who you having sex with ain't got nothing to do with an attitude towards a people. So those are two separate things. But she had a black boyfriend or whatever. And I remember she was talking about him and she was saying how when she first kissed him, like 
she was was kind of like disgusted, like kind of like it kind of felt nasty because his lips were so big. And I was looking at her and I was like, "Okay, like you think that's something cool to say? Like you think that's cool to say that? You know what I'm saying?" And but I didn't I didn't say nothing about that. Whatever, I let that go because I'm like, "Yo, she's tripping." I just ignored her. And then a few weeks later or whatever, because I used to not shave all the time because you know we get razor bumps or whatnot. And I didn't have a shaving waiver by the way, but she was like. Uh, are you one of those black people? She asked me, like, did you shave? I was like, no. And she was like, are you one of those black people that doesn't shave because you think nobody's going to ask you? And I'm like, looking at her like, what? Like, what? What are you talking about? Like, you clearly just asked me and I'm black. People ask me, they ask us regardless. Like, no, that's not why I don't do it. And basically, I just got tired of her, dog, being like racially insensitive. So I went and I told, I told my, I told her supervisor, which is how they tell you you're supposed to do it. They said, if you can't fix the situation or you can't, tolerate the person you feel like you can't go go to their supervisor so i went to her supervisor who was a black woman so me and her are talking about it and she was like yeah i know she's racist this and that and so we schedule a meeting with the first sergeant no no that's not even what happened she was going to talk to her but tell me but the but the white supervisor what she did was she put a chair outside the door and was listening and she heard uh her supervisor calling her racist she heard her calling her racist. I'm sitting there like, and I was in there because I don't told you I don't call white people racist. You can't win doing that. It doesn't work because they don't. They'll never agree to it. They don't feel like they are like you said earlier. Like none of them are racist. Anyway, so so she heard her supervisor calling her racist. So then she went to the first sergeant who was also black, right? So it was me who's black, her supervisor who's black, and the first sergeant who's black. So we have the meeting with her on a Monday. About now, what's the issue? Is I am uncomfortable with her making racially insensitive remarks about black people. That's what the issue is. Keep that in mind. So we get into the room. It's a two black women and a black man. Now I don't know how many times you've been in trouble in the military, Art, but I know I've been in trouble quite a few. It's rare, if at all, I'm in a room full of black men or black people. It's usually a whole bunch of white men deciding your fate if you're yeah. going you know what i'm saying you're going to get a stripe taken or yeah. whatever the case it's always white people dishing out pro, uh punishment and they never go easy so we're we're in the the room and you know so i tell him what i have an issue with i talk to her about it. i tell her you know this is what i feel like you do so when she gets her turn to talk she just bursts out in tears like the white woman tears thing and she starts talking about how, like, oh, my God, I feel so bad. Oh, my boyfriend's black. And I, I called him. He was like, am I racist? Now, keep in mind, this woman has a history of saying racist stuff, dude. Like, this is not this is not the first time. Like, this is not like I'm just coming out the blue with this. and like, hey, she did this to me. No, this is, like, the fourth or fifth time. And so I'm sitting there. And her, the reason why she got, so the, basically the whole scenario got flipped because her supervisor called her racist. And because her supervisor calls her racist, she used her white tears, her white womanhood. And she basically was saying, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I got labeled racist. And I'm da, da, da. So nobody basically gave a damn about what I what I had said at all. And it all it became about assuring her that she wasn't racist. That's what it turned into. The whole meeting turned into that. Like, oh, you're not racist. And Collins, you know, you needed you should have told her. Like, if you had an issue with her, you should have told her. I'm looking oh, at them like, my God. I'm sitting there like, wow. Like, I just told everybody, like, it wouldn't have went well. Like, wow. OK. And they're like, yeah, you should have told her. Hell nah. You know, yeah. You know what? Had you had you had you said something to her, and some shit went down, 
they, it would have been the same predicament except exactly. you would have been the one getting real and they would have been telling you you should have talked to them first. Exactly. I'm already know, know, dog. I'm already knowing. That's how to get exactly what I'm yeah. trying to say. Dog, so then this lady was like, yeah. so then the, the first sergeant is talking and she's like, you know, yeah, you know, we don't need to be calling each other names because like I said, the conversation switched from me actually being racial racist remarks being made towards me to how her supervisor called her racist in a conversation with me. She wasn't even talking to her. She was talking to me. She was eavesdropping on the conversation. By the way, she wasn't even in the conversation. The woman talked so loud that she could hear her through the door. That's how she heard it. So I'm like, man, I'm sitting there like, wow. So then this first RJ, she's a black woman from Georgia. And she's like, you know, I turn on the TV and I see all this black lives matter. You know what? All lives matter. And I was like, wow. I just hung my head, dude, in the room. I said, and I had never experienced it up until that point. I don't think, I don't think the power of like the white, of white womanhood. No, seriously. Like we were in a room, three black people. She said racist remarks. She has a history. Like we, like oh my god! And she walked out scot free. Nothing happened. She cried a little bit, Nothing fake happened. ass tears. No tear came out. No wow. tears came out. Yeah. And 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 and, and I say that to say I, I tell that whole story to tell this. It seems like when black people are in a position of power over white people to execute punishment, we feel guilty. Why the hell are you hugging her? Why the hell are you giving her a Bible and hugging her as a judge? Why the hell right. are you? I tell you why the judge did it because she's in the pocket of the Dallas Police Association. If she didn't do that, Dallas Police would be looking at her like, "Hey, hey, hey, what you doing? Why you why you not down for us? The people in blue, even though they fired Amber Geiger." So I still don't. Matter of fact, I don't even understand. That doesn't even apply because Amber Geiger got fired by the Dallas Police Department. So I don't even understand, no. Art. Huh? No, I'm listening. No, because you're right. Yeah, no, I'm saying. So I'm like. Why is it that when we get in positions of power to punish white people for things that they do obviously wrong, obviously wrong, why do we get scared? And why do we feel like we have to coddle them? They don't coddle us when they're giving your 15-year-old son life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They don't care, man. Hey, Take care. Hey, if, if, if Botham Jean killed her brother, yeah. she had him on the grill grate, frying his ass up. Exactly. But we have she to be, I love you. I love you uh, as a person, dude. She wouldn't have been none of that in the courtroom. She'd have been, she'd have been straight up, uh, hey, trying to max the sentence out in the courtroom. Dude, I love you, know? you. I love you is what he said to her. I love you. Yeah. As a person, like, come on, yeah. man. You was talking all that Christian faith. Yo, man, forget all that. This is your brother that got killed by a woman, like a cop, like at random. You talking about you love her as a person? You don't even know her. Stop with all that yeah. fake. Yeah, come on, man. Like that's cooning one on one right there, man. Like, are you serious? Yeah, man. That's cool stuff, man. And and you know, God bless the dead. But I thought that Bo, Bo Theme's family was on that because when you, when he had a white girl testifying for him, and she was crying, you know, white girl tears on his side though, and that's that's something that I thought was going to get her more years. I was wrong all the way around in this case. I thought she was going to get the years because, especially when Bo Theme, both them had her uh, white girl crying. And I, I guess that was his best friend. It was some white girl, his best friend, and. She was crying and she was saying how he's such a good person. She was reading texts that he sent her. He basically was saying like he would give his limbs for her. And I'm like, uh, okay, okay, brother. All right. But you know, no, no, no. I was kind of like, that sounds funny style, but he's, you know, the deceased. So, Hey, whatever. She's crying for him. I'm like, yo, it's all good. He, this is our, this, she's on our side. So I'm like, cool. Man, come to find out his whole family is not on our side. They're all coons, man. They're coons, bro. They coons under the Christian faith. Yeah, they, they're hiding behind them. Be a Christian, man. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, you exactly, exactly. They using the Christianity to hide behind because there's some real pastors out here that'll that'll be you know read the Bible but also tell you about white supremacy and he didn't like you said man he didn't have to say none of this I hope you rot and all that that's why I don't like it he didn't have to take it to that extreme you don't have to say all that you could just be like look man right I I, I know I would have told her look I don't believe what you did was an accident I don't believe it because nobody makes those type of accidents nobody does that. That is literally the most impossible exactly. thing to ever happen, dog. <laughs> For real. Like, you just walked into a random house and just start shooting. Like, wow, wow. So. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, you want to, and you want us to believe this thing. Yeah. 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 So. Absolutely not, dude. Yeah. You know, so I'm very disappointed in his, his family and his, his, especially his brother. That was that was a sad display, man. I'm sorry, and I know they're going through a lot, and it's very probably very insensitive for me to get on this mic and be like, these people are grieving, and I understand all of that. But man, come on, she killed your brother, and maybe because we're Black Americans, like raised in America, born in America, whereas his family is of Saint Lucian descent, and they come from the island. Maybe there's a different relationship they feel with white folks, but. I just can't imagine, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to tell her that she has to rot in hell and all that unnecessary stuff. But you don't have to tell her you love her and hug her either. As if she did nothing wrong. For real. Because I tell you what, if Bakum Jen could speak, if his if his phantom could come in there and speak, I doubt <laughs> he'd be trying to give a hug. Like, man, this shit yeah. got me for no reason. You feel me? Like, uh huh. And, and black people, we always yeah. we're always expected to be. I forgive. You know what I'm saying? Like after after every time, like yeah, you, your son gets shot. Yeah, like the cop kill your kid. Like, do you forgive the police officer? Like, no. Or oh, me and you, we've had long yeah, conversations about not. forgiveness. We've had long conversations right. about forgiveness. And I told you what I believe about forgiveness. I'm going to say it right here on the podcast. To me, forgiveness is about you 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 forgive somebody to let the person that did you the wrong off the hook. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to get over something, you're going to get over it in your own time. Forgiveness is about them. Forgiveness ain't about you. That's what I believe. So it's like, you just let her off the hook, man. No, man, she took your brother from you. Like, And I'm not saying that for, in a vengeful way. I'm just saying that as a realistic way. Like, this is what it is. You killed my brother for literally no reason. Okay. None. Yeah. And you talking about I love you? Yeah. You're a good person? Give yourself over to God? Like, yo, dog. Nah, I can't rock with that. And that's why I believe, and I told you this, another thing I told you, yo, man, I, I called out, I said that this was justice. I did think that we were going to get justice. I, I spoke too soon. And I think, dude, I'm going to stop doing too, man. I'm going to stop speaking out on these cases. I'm going to stop, like, trying to take a side, like, on the black people's side. Because a lot of these black people, man, they be coons, man. They be coons, man. And they don't, don't want to speak truth to power. And I get it. People say that's easy for you to say you didn't lose a, a family member. But nah, man. Nah, man. That stuff that he was saying, that's gotten that's that's extra. He put extras on it. Yeah, I, he did. It was theatrical. Yeah, I could understand if he just would have said, like, you know, I wish the best for you. You know, it was a terrible situation. You know, I just wish the best for you. Okay, cool. I get that. I even get that. But all that I love you and the hug and then the judge giving her a Bible and hug and what's everybody hugging her for? She killed somebody. Right. Are you serious? Exactly. Like no sympathy, even when white people do wrong, they still get coddled. Like, it's crazy. It doesn't matter what you do. You could bust up in somebody's house, random, shoot them in the chest, and people are going to hug you and give you Bibles on your way to jail. Like, are you serious? Right. And then give you a light-ass sentence, that weak-ass sentence. Yeah, then give you a light-ass sentence, knowing that she's probably going to appeal the sentence anyway. Knowing that a different judge, a different jury composition, and she'll probably beat the case. 
But they say she yeah. can't appeal, though. They say she can't. I mean, they say she can't get out of jail while she's on appeal, while she's building her case. So we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Yo, so... Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I'm hoping not, though. I really hope. Well, I don't want to say this. I know people that know me listening to this. So I don't want to <laughs> I'm going to keep that to myself. But, but we I, had to talk. You already know what I, what I want. So there was a lot of people. There was a lot of people, myself included. I'm going to throw myself in there because I overreacted yet to, to the verdict that came out um, yesterday. And I thought that this was justice. And it wasn't. But even though we did get a conviction which may seem on the surface as if it's justice. And even though she did get, she is going to do jail time, which may seem as justice, even though I don't think it's justice because it's not enough jail time and brothers is going to jail for less, for a lot longer. Um, I wanted to talk, I just wanted to break down with you are some of the differences between this case uh, and other cases where black men have been the victims. Other cases where black men have been shot. And um, I just want to talk a little bit about, not even just with you, with the listeners as well. I just want to talk a little bit about the differences that I saw in this case, just because I watched a lot of it on live stream on YouTube and I went back and watched it. A lot of the differences. Um, so one of the things that stood out to me about this case was the, 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 the victim itself, right? One of the major things, there's no way they could turn him into a bad guy. Like there was no way. And you know, usually when a black victim gets shot, that's the first thing they do. They look up your preschool record, your high school record, your elementary school record, your church record. They want to know, has there been any time in his life that he's been a fuck up? Because if he has, that explains his death. That explains why she had to shoot. And I think one of the reasons why it was so easy to convict even for the Mexicans and Asians that you believe were being partial on this uh, on this jury. Um. For them, it was so because it was like there was nothing negative to say about the dude. Like seriously, there was you know he was a a Christian hardworking dude that seemed to really care about people and like you know what I'm saying. There was no Facebook photos of him with his middle fingers up. He didn't have no dreadlocks or gold teeth and nothing like that. Till they could even try to create the image. Like with Trayvon Martin, they tried to talk about his goals, the fact that he got suspended, and this is a 17 year old kid. You know now, what I'm saying? Hold Who, on, now as far as hold on as far as the jurors go. The only reason I say that is because, dude, if it was like five blacks and seven white people, regardless of who this guy was, they would have villainized him. And she would probably not got convicted. Yeah, but I believe. So that's you know, why I say. I believe there are, there are, I believe that there are uh, Hispanics out there that would have convicted her, uh, that wouldn't have convicted her as well. I think I personally, I don't know this. This is just, we're just, just kicking around stuff. I think that when it comes to the jurors that, those five black people made a hell of an impact on that more so than we think, because I think, I think had there been two black people and the rest, you know, Mexican, Asian and white, I think she, I think, uh, she walks. I do. Because I think that most, more people that come to America assimilate into American ideology and American thinking and American thinking, traditional American thinking is inherently anti-black. So it doesn't matter if you're Mexican. It doesn't matter if you're Asian. If you come over here and you believe in like American ideals and stuff like that, you get indoctrinated into white supremacy through the schools and all those things, you will grow up thinking the same thing as white people think about black people. So to me, it doesn't matter if you're Mexican or Asian or even black even, really, because black people think negative stuff about each other all the time. But I think the evidence, I I personally want to give the five black folks more credit for that. That's just my thing, because I just believe it had to be them. It had to. Because I just don't, and, and also, not even just, not even just them. It had to be them. I also think that, like I, like I was trying to break down, that it was hard for them to paint a bad picture of the guy. Like they just couldn't do anything. You know what I'm saying? 
You know what I mean? So even if he was sitting on his couch, you couldn't, you know, oh, well, he had been arrested three times for drug trafficking. You see what I'm saying? You can't even try to, because she was saying she was scared. Like, that was her whole argument was, I thought I was in the right apartment, and I was scared. Well, if this guy had been in trouble for assault and battery a couple years ago, maybe you could paint a better picture of him being a villain. See what I'm saying? That's usually what they do to black men. That's usually, that's like I said, they, they try to do that to Trayvon Martin. They try to say yeah. Trayvon Martin was some, they try to paint him as a thug when really he was just a 17-year-old kid walking home. So, you know, yep. and they tried to do the same thing to Michael Brown. He got shot down in, in broad daylight in the street. They tried to make him seem like, well, he was violent. He was attacking. So that's one of the major things I saw was that they just couldn't paint this guy as a villain. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, um, the absurdity of it all, too, to your point, the absurdity of it all also stood out of just the simple fact that, like, you walked into a man's house that you did not know and shot him dead. Like you just <laughs> like a random person. Like, so you're right. Those are the major things. So even though I did jump to say that it was justice when the verdict came out, and I'm so ashamed of myself for that. I do think we have to look at the, there's fundamental differences between these cases and maybe, and I hate to say this future cases uh, that, that will be the same scenario because they will always try to paint you as even remember, I think with Philando Castile, they tried to paint him something too. Like, Oh, he smoked weed or some shit like that. That's what they were trying to like. There's always if there's a negative stain they could throw on a black victim, they're gonna throw it on there, especially when dealing oh, with the yeah. cops. If they, could, if they could get a narrative, yeah, they'll roll with it for sure. Yeah, Especially, yeah, like you just said, especially for cops. Man, her department was preparing for her to get off. Like they were preparing for her to beat the rap and come back uh, into the precinct. Yeah. Well, that's oh, that's I'm happy you brought yeah. that up um, because you made me remember that she got fired. So, what role do you think that her being a white woman actually played in the fact that she was fired and convicted? Ooh, yeah, I don't know if I can answer that. Yeah, because I think, man, I think it played a big factor because even though it might sound like a contradiction, right? When we say like the white woman is the most protected person in America because she is she is right she is but Mm -hmm. she's still a woman though you get what I'm saying okay so no seriously okay so so it's like yeah she so she killed a black dude this the situation was is clearly very absurd and rare right it's like how can the how can the police department even allocate resources to fighting her case because look I mean dog just look at it or without even just think about it. like you like you you keep going back to yourself like just the 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 the, the sheer like I don't want to keep repeating the same word but absurdity of it all like you just bars into his house and killed him like how can they defend her and like I said man just generally you know she's protected but a lot of protection that men do I'm not gonna say a lot of it some of protection that men do can be based off of ego you see what I'm saying so when we say like the white woman is a lot of as the most protected, uh, you know, person or group of people, class of per- people in America, white women are, we mean that in a sense of like, if somebody's harmed them, I think when we say that, like if somebody, uh, in the, if the alleged, you know, the, the black, the big black, bad black man raped a white woman. I think that's when, when we say she's the most protected because yeah, you know, oh, white men, absolutely. they're going to find a victim. They're going to find a black man that raped this white woman, even if the black man doesn't exist. <laughs> Right. You see what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm so they're good. They're going to get justice for theirs. But at the same time, they threw her to the wolves. That's what I feel. I feel like her police department kind of abandoned her because normally police dog, they close ranks when, when, when they get a, a police shooting, 
victim. Unless the guy, the cop is black, then of course we expect him to be fired because they ain't got time to be fighting. They ain't got time to be using their police association funds to be fighting cases uh, for black cops. But for the most part, you know, police come to each other's back in situations like this and they fire her like quick. And she was fucking on. I mean, excuse my language. She was sleeping no, with. She was. She was fucking on her partner. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm saying, like, she was just kind of like, uh, yeah. uh, yeah, like, no. I'm trying to paint the picture without sounding too vulgar, but like, they just kind of just ousted her. That's what I believe. And you know, she tried to slip into white woman mode and cry, but like I said, man, you just couldn't. They tried to. They tried to inception the idea into our minds that just imagine if this was her apartment. Like, nah, dude, I can't do that. Especially as a black man. Well, dude, she got she got ousted because her actions at like in the police force and out like on the job and off the job were irredeemable. True. You know what I'm saying? Like, so no you doubt. committed murder and and you fucking on your partner, you, you cheating on your man, fucking on your partner. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Ew, we can't do nothing for you now. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, you compromising the integrity of the department. So, <laughs> whatever integrity they have, because the Dallas Police Department. But I digress on that point. But yeah, man. And then, um, so wait, hold on. Breaking news: Did you know that she was eligible for parole in five years? Uh, no, nah, it doesn't surprise me though. So she'll do five years and get out there. Yep. For a murder. Yep. You just you just saw that on Twitter. No. Oh, where'd you see that? CNN. CNN? Okay, so she's eligible for parole yeah. in five years. Well, well, so we didn't get a win. Um, this this one last thing I want to touch on before we get up out of here, before we end the show, because we're over an hour, approaching an hour 15. Um, so, black people, and all people, too, but black people, never forget that white supremacists have infiltrated law enforcement all over the country these people mean to do black people harm and they're trying to look for situations where they can justify doing us harm every white person is not a white supremacist but white supremacists are white (laughs) and they are in law enforcement so just be on your p's and q's when you're moving about your city um get your second amendment right game on don't be afraid of guns just learn how to control a gun and learn about gun safety because I'm not saying a gun would have helped both of them, Gene. My point is just protect yourself. And, uh, you know, that's really all I want to say before I get out of here. Just remember that white supremacists, people that hate black people, are in every single police department in the country. FBI told us this. Google it if you don't believe me. Anything you want to add, Art, before we get up out of here? Oh, no, I'm done, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, anytime, dog. So, before we get out of here... I- you can subscribe to the Demo Tape Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube as well. Remember to drop a review and rate the show on iTunes. Leave me a five-star if you feel inclined. If not, just tell the truth about whatever criticisms you have. Remember, it's not hating if you tell the truth. Until next time, y'all, be safe. Peace.